Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so very much for joining me for another episode right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. It is our pleasure to bring you the rich word of God every week, and we pray that you are getting a rich blessing. By the way, why not stop by our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can make a donation in any amount toward the work of Jesus Christ here in our local ministry. And you can also click on the Contact Us page and share your testimony with us. We would be so glad to hear it and so glad to receive from you. I pray that these messages have been a divine inspiration in your life. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number two of the message entitled, Where Are You Planted? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. We start on a series uh, last time entitled Man Up. Man Up. Remember, if you're a woman, woman up. Child, child up. Praise the Lord. It's time to get up and move. Uh, The first uh, sermon, the first message was entitled Make Up Your Mind. You got to make up your mind. Secondly, uh, second part was uh, where are you planted? Where are you planted? And we're actually going to go into a part two of that today. If you haven't heard uh, part one, uh, where you planted, it's back. It should be back on the table there. And it's definitely available online and on the YouTube. So make sure you check it out. All right, let's go back into Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verses number 12 through 15. We're going to read that and go further on today. Somebody say praise the Lord. All right, you there? Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. Some of the scriptures will be on the screen behind me, and some of them will not. So if they are not, I will let you know, and I'll tell you to grab your Bibles, okay? All right, Psalm 92, verse 12 through 15, reads like this, of the King James Version. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Well, the first thing we saw about that verse was the word righteous. This, this qualifies God qualifies us. As to who he's talking about here, he says the righteous. Now, we know in Romans, the third chapter, verse 22, it says this. As a matter of fact, as you're getting Romans, uh, the third chapter, uh, verse 22, we'll be reading that out of the uh, New Living Translation. Also, I want you to turn in your Bibles uh, to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 20 and 21. So go ahead and do that as as we're about to read Romans 3, 22. So I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 20 and 21. Now, again, Psalm 92, verse 12 says, again, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. So let's qualify the word righteous and see who the righteous is. Now, we know the word righteous means to be uh, someone that's in right standing, someone that's just, right? Uh, We can also say someone that is eligible to receive the promises and blessings of God. 
someone that is eligible or someone that is in favor with God. Uh, Romans 3.22 says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in who? Jesus Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Everyone, Lyric, everyone. Are you hearing? Everyone, no matter where you grew up, no matter what country, what nation, what color, color your skin or your shoes, no matter who you are. That didn't really go together, but praise the Lord. No matter who you are, it's true for everybody. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be made right with God. All right. Now let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5 in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 through 21. This is how that reads. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Verse 21. Are you ready to read this in your Bible? It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Look at that. God made Jesus to be sin for you. Say, say this. God made Jesus, God made Jesus to, be sin to be sin for me. For me. Jesus, knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin. You understanding this? It says again, for he made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? Jesus was never in any sin whatsoever. But God made Jesus the perfect sin offering for your sins, for my sins. Listen, why did he do that? That we, say that I, might be made the righteousness of God in him. All right, now the word might, there's conditional, meaning you have to receive this. You have to believe this. You have to walk in this. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, you've received him as uh, your sin offering. Jesus paid the price for you. Then the Bible says that you have been made the righteousness of God. And what does that mean? When God wants to look down into the earth and show somebody what his righteousness looks like, he just points to you. Amen. Amen. Oh, pastor, that's a scary thought. You don't know what I did last night. Amen. If you are a born again believer, when the father looks at you, you have been made the righteousness of God. Regardless of what you've done, especially what you've done, doing will do. If you have Receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The blood of Jesus has washed away your sins. And God considers you his righteousness now through Christ. Here's the thing. The innocent, the innocent died for the guilty so that the guilty could become innocent. Did you get a hold of that? The innocent died for the guilty so that the guilty could become innocent. The innocent was given over to die so that the guilty could go free. Now, what do we do about sin in our lives? Well, the Bible tells us that we need to confess our sins before him. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God looks at you, he sees righteousness. He sees righteous, righteous. 
But with the things that are still going on, we make confession because when you confess your sins before the Lord, it breaks the power of the enemy to continue to uh, reproduce that sin in your life. If you don't confess the sin, it will continue to reproduce in you. Even though you have a seat with the Father. Are you hearing? So let's go back now. It says here, Psalm 92, verse 12 again, the righteous. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, if you've never placed your full trust and assurance in him, then this verse is not talking to you. But if you have received Christ, received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as your Messiah, because remember, understand something. Judgment Day is coming. I heard somebody on a on a television program the other day talking about someone that had murdered their their family member. Oh, terrible thing. Terrible thing. And the lady on there said, I just pray. Uh, I just hope one day he gets what's coming to him. You don't need to hope that it's coming. <laughs> there will be a day of judgment while all mankind will stand before the holy God. Yes. Hallelujah. When all those, let me say it this way, when all those that have not received the Lamb's blood, all those whose names have not been written, have not been found written in the Lamb's book of life, all of those whose names are not on the roll will stand before the high judge and give an account. But not give an account really for the sins that they've committed, but they've given account really for one thing. Have you received Christ? Or rejected Christ. That's the only sin that people will go to hell for. Now, in my personal opinion, Lisa, in my personal opinion, I believe that at that point, if they reject Christ, depending on what they've done in life, that determines how far they go down in the pit. But it's still hell. Are you hearing me? I believe the father is just. He's a just God. So I believe that there's a different place for the axe murder and the serial murder and this and that and the other and all that sort of stuff down in there, down in there. I believe there's another place for them, but it's still hell. Still being absent from the presence of God forever. Absent from everything that is good. There's no, there's nothing good in hell. So maybe the fire is not as hot in some places, but it's still hot. And it's a shame that here this here's a statement. It is a real shame <clears throat> that there will be some good people in hell. What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, God send good people to hell. When you think about what man calls good and what God calls good are two different things. Two different things. If you're still qualifying your goodness based on the morality of this world, I don't do it like them, so I must be good. If you're using other people as a measuring stick for your goodness, hell will be your home. Woo, let's stay off this fire. There's only one way to escape that. Only one way to escape the punishment of eternal damnation. You need a savior. 
You need someone that can come and wash your sins away, that can make you whole. You need someone that can put in a good word for you in the eyes of the judge. Hallelujah. You need someone who knows the judge personally, the one that will be presiding over your case, someone that knows him personally that can put in a good word for you when you stand before him. As a matter of fact, if you get to know that person so well, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, by the way. If you get to know him, you won't even be in that line, in the judgment line. You won't even be over there. You'll be enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, there will be a day of reckoning for every born-again believer, but on this day as we stand before Jesus, we'll be getting our rewards of the things that we did for him while in the earth. There'll be a great celebration. You get your soul winner's crown, and, and the Lord says to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. We get to celebrate together. Hallelujah. It's a great day of dancing and celebration and feasting with the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. But listen, none of us will be there because we've been good. We'll be celebrating because we'll say, Lord, it's all about you. You did this for me. And I receive your finished work. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So let's go back. He says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. So how do I become righteous? Receive Christ Jesus. Put your faith and trust in him. Say, I believe. I believe believe in you, Jesus. And I give you my life. life. Wash away my sins. And make me whole in the sight of the Father. Father. Are you hearing? It's really as simple as that. Somebody said, well, how do you get to heaven? Simple. Turn right and keep straight. (laughs) Very simple directions. Turn right. Keep straight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. The word flourish means again, it means to sprout, to blossom, to bloom. So you will sprout, blossom, and bloom like the palm tree. Now, we showed you pictures on last week about the cedar. Not last week, but last time. Showed you pictures of the, uh, the cedar tree and the palm tree that you should be seeing there behind me. Now, we showed you pictures and we talked about how they grew and developed and all of that stuff, the seven-year period. But go back and hear the last recordings. I'm not going to go over all that this week again. But it's good for you to know. And we also gave you two faith confessions, two faith confessions, which are now available on the screen once again. Feel free to take a picture if you like. Here we go. Faith confession one, and we will get them printed out. Praise Jesus. Faith confession one. Ready? Ready. Ready. Let's go. I'm maturing like the palm tree. God has not forgotten about me. At the appointed time, I shall spring forth, and nothing shall delay, hinder, or stop my course. Remember, just in a brief, uh, brief recap, remember the palm tree, for a certain amount of years, I think for seven years or so, there's very little growth. But after the seventh year, then there comes explosive growth. God hasn't forgotten about you during those silent years. When the years when it seems like nothing is happening for you, nothing is happening. 
But understand something. God actually is waiting on the set time of maturity. Remember, the number seven represents maturity or completeness. When you have been mature, made mature or completed, then growth um, comes about. Explosive growth. Remember, the right thing at the wrong time is wrong. Let me say that again. The right thing at the wrong time is wrong. If someone had given you, let's say if a person in their past, they were, uh, they were strung out on drugs. If someone had given them uh, $50,000, it's a good thing giving people $50,000 is the right thing. I'll receive it right now, by matter of fact. It's the right thing. But that person at that time, the right thing at the wrong time, they're not delivered. That could destroy them. Right thing at the wrong time is wrong. But we get him cleaned up, get him together, get his mind back, saved, set free, healed, and delivered, put it in his hands. That's the right thing at the right time. That's good. Okay? So the Lord waits to a time of maturity, a time of proper development, and then he releases the fullness. That's what it's talking about here. Uh, The second thing we talked about in our second confession is, I've got, are you ready for the second confession? All right, let's go. I've got natural oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I will not decay, be devoured, or be destroyed. I am a strong giant. Hallelujah. That's what we talked about being that cedar tree. We said that the cedar tree has natural oil in it. That is naturally resistant uh, to bugs and other things like that that could eat away or eat away of the tree. It has it is naturally it produces natural oil, cedar oil that repels insects, that repels devours. So God compares us to or tells us that we are also like the cedars of Lebanon. So because you have the oil, the oil of the spirit of God on the inside of you, you are naturally repellent to things that will cause devour. Isn't that something you naturally repel it? So listen, let let me clue you on on something. Come closely. You ready? There's a reason why some people don't like you. Are you hearing? And we're in so much of a hurry to make, make sure that everybody likes us. But because of the oil of the Spirit of God on the inside of you, God's not allowing you to be attached to something else that can destroy you. Why don't they like me? I'm a good person. Why don't they like me? It's because of the Jesus you have in you and because they're full of the devil. And it could be because you took their parking spot. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Are you hearing? But there are some relationships that God will not allow in your life because they are a detriment to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So it says again, now, now let's look down at verse number 13. It says here, now we were, I think, going through here last time. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Remember that? Hallelujah. Remember? 
Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So the those again are, that's qualified. The those, who are the those? The righteous, who are the righteous? Those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Amen? All right, the those. Say, I'm a part of the those. That's kind of tricky, isn't it? The, the, the those. The those. I'm a part of the those here that he's talking about in verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now we gave you the word. Last time we said that the word planted here um, really means to be transplanted. You remember that? transplanted. That is, you pulled up from one and you place in another place. Up from one and another place. Uh, and planted in another place. Second uh, Peter 2, 9 says this, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? Out of, into. Colossians 1.13 out of the um, American Standard Version says this, who delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, again, we were transplanted. Say with me, I was transplanted. Okay, some of you may have, may have been transplanted from one city to another uh, because of a job or it was some sort of move. You had your roots down in one city, but then you picked up and moved to another city. That takes some work. But here's what God is saying here, even in his transplant. When we move from one place to another, we usually take our stuff with us. Take our sofa with us, our bed with us, and all our, all our stuff with us, put it in a U-Haul, and we take it over here, and we lay down roots over here. While that's good to do in this world, God tells us, don't bring your stuff with you. I already got the room set up. I already got new furniture, new clothes. All you got to do is bring you. See, but we get in trouble. We get in trouble. We bring our old stuff from the world. Our old thinking, our old, our old ways, our old understanding, and we take that with us, and we bring all of our luggage, and we say, all right, Lord, I'm here in your house, and I'm here, and now you want to do what? No, Lord, that don't work with this. So you're saved, but you still got a lot of luggage around you, stuff that needs to be dealt with, and all of this stuff prevents you from doing God's fullness in your life. Or we said like this, you have a plant here, you want to pick this plant up. The moment you pull it up and you take it and you put it down in the new soil, in the new yard, when you picked it up, you brought old dirt with you. It's still on the roots. And it takes a time, takes some time for the tree to grow through the old dirt and attach itself to the new dirt. So many of us really are fighting a dirty battle. You got to shake the dirt off. Hallelujah. I wonder what's preventing you from doing God's fullness in your life. For, from what is preventing you from fully committing to Christ? Fully committing. I heard a pin drop there. Now, you can only be planted in one place or the other. 
You can't be planted in both at the same time, one or the other. Now, that's the point, really. Uh, hold that thought, because that's really the point of uh, what we're going to see here today. So I asked you the question again, where are you planted? Now, let's look at one more thing. Then we'll go on today. The Bible says that we will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, let's show, bring up the picture of the courts. He said that we will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, we know that here, even in the uh, outer courts here, the, or the court of the Gentiles here, there was a time that you couldn't go into the temple if you weren't Jewish. But Jesus has broken down that middle wall of petition, and now there's no difference between Jew or Greek, bond or free. We're all one in Christ Jesus, so everybody can go in. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't want to go in. They like, they like to stay around the fringes. Now, I wonder which one are you today. So we're going we're gonna to take a survey of you today. Okay? All right, here we go. Some just want to stay around the fringes of the temple. Why? Because the first thing you see when you go into is an altar, is a place of sacrifice. So they don't want to sacrifice or give God an offering, so they'll just hang around. How many of you, uh, very rarely do you make a sacrifice in the house of God? Do you give an offering in the house of God? Not just talking about money either. Because if God has you, he has everything you have. The Bible says that we should offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. If God has you, he has your pocketbook. But he doesn't have your pocketbook because he doesn't have you. If God has you, he has your praise. He has your worship. But we don't praise or worship because he doesn't have us. So the first place we go to is the is the altar, the place of sacrifice, where we offer up to God our sacrifices of praise, our sacrifices of worship. The altar is a place of worship. We come in to worship him, but worship requires something of you. Now I'm about to get in your stuff. You ready? All right, here we go. Worship requires something of you. It takes something to worship God and to raise your hand, even though you're living in a whole lot of stuff all around you. Even though your body is hurting, but you still raise your hand and you say, thank you, Lord. Even though you don't have all the money you need, but you still say, Father, you're faithful. I'm coming to give myself to you in total adoration and in total praise. I'm coming to give me to you. It takes something to do that, to offer yourself before the Lord. But for some, it's too uncomfortable. So they'll stay around the edges, peek inside. They say, I'm here. But that's all they got was just fellowship. They never pressed in to the altar. After you leave the altar, there's the bronze laver. No, we're still on the outside now. Turn it back. After you leave the altar, there's the bronze lavern, which is just before the inner court, just before, um, just before the holy place. It's there. You just can't see it on that one. But before you enter in, there is a bronze lavern. It's a place for you to wash after you've given your sacrifice and then you wash. 
you wash before you go further in. You make confession of your sins. The Lord shows you who and what you really are. Because in that bronze laver, it was laden with brass, and you could see yourself in the brass. So as you washed, you're seeing yourself. You're seeing yourself. So I wonder today, have we entered in? Have, we, have you gone past the time of fellowship? Have you given of yourself in worship and adoration to him? Have you seen yourself confess your sins before the Lord? And then as we go further in now to the inner court, you'll see here that this is a place where you have the showbread and the, and the lampstand and the altar of incense. This is the place where the Holy Spirit expounds the word of God. When you can see his word, the lampstand talks about the Holy Spirit, the light of the spirit. The showbread talks about the word of God, where the Holy Spirit illuminates or he shows you what his word really means. And you are beginning to see his word with open eyes. You're beginning to get an understanding. And the altar of incense represents the prayers of the saints. The prayers are going up. We've offered up praise or rather prayer before the Lord. Have we done that? Are you right now uh, being illuminated, illuminated by the word of God? Is God's word coming alive to you even at this moment? Amen. You say, okay, Lord, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. But that's not the, that's not the end. Because after we leave this, we have to go into the holy place, to the holies of holies, rather, into the holies of holies. This is where the very presence of God is. And this is where some people just stop. They can go throughout. They can go through the outer courts around the court of the Gentiles. They can come in and give an offering. They can confess their sins before the Lord. They can be washed they can go in. They can receive the word. Oh, it was great, great, great. And then they turn around and go right back out. Not having experienced the very presence of God. Does that make sense? So the outer court here again, outer court represents the, the sacrifices. We give our sacrifices before the Lord. We, the holy place, we, the word of God is revealed by the spirit and the holies of holies. This is unbroken fellowship with God. And this is where we need to be in unbroken fellowship with the Lord. Now, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts. Flourish to grow, to blossom, to bloom throughout the courts. That is, your final destination is the holies of holies, where the presence of God is. The Lord, the Bible says that in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And at his right hand... At his right hand are pleasures forevermore in the very presence of God. See, now you've gone past a religious experience and now you're encountering God almighty. But see, you have to press in. You have to press in. Are y'all still with me today? You have to press in and you can trust him, but you can't press in if you're still carrying the old baggage, your old baggage is preventing you from seeing God. Now, when you see God, you get deliverance. When you see him, you get deliverance. So the question is, again, what are you still carrying that you need to release and let go of? Because understand, again, 
There are some situations that we're in right now, some situations that we're in. We're in them, not because of God, not because God won't deliver, but because you won't let go of the situation. It's like we sit ourselves, we're seated in a prison and we hold the key to get out of the, to get out of it, to get out of the cell. You actually hold the key in your hand, but we won't put it in the lock and turn it for fear of what we've been leaving behind. Wondering, can I really trust God? If I do what you're telling me, God, if I do what I know to do, what if you don't come through? And it is that that keeps you in the same spot. Boy, it's quiet, Brenda. Miss Brenda, it's quiet in here. So, if you're sitting in your cell, ask the Lord, Lord, help me to release this thing so that I may turn this key and get out of this. As the man of God said even last week, you'll never leave what you love. You'll never leave what you love. If you have an attraction to this, you'll never leave it. And it's that thing that's keeping you where you are. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Now we're going to wrap this thing up. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Still, meaning that you're going to be producing fruit or being productive in life. I don't know anyone who likes to walk around in circles all the time. Life does not progress and life does not move forward. Oh my God, what would I do if I didn't have growth, if I couldn't prosper, if I couldn't increase, if I couldn't see something new, if I couldn't develop? You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a Middle Eastern curse that goes like this. Listen, this is a Middle Eastern curse, someone cursing your life that says this. May you always stay in the same place. That's a curse. May you never change. That's a curse. May you never grow. That's a curse. Are you hearing? You were meant to grow. You were meant to increase. You were meant to thrive, to thrive. Hallelujah. You are meant to thrive, to thrive, increase, and experience God's abundance in your life. Don't allow the enemy to choke you with current circumstances. It's lying. Are you hearing? Oh, let's go ahead and finish this up. I think we're preaching. You're preaching real good today, Pastor. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for your encouragement, brother. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, pastor needed some time. Thank you. Thank you so much. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age, constantly producing, constantly producing. They shall be fat and flourishing, flourishing and thriving. That's you. That's the righteousness of God. That's those who have grown, budded, blossomed and bloomed through the courts of God. 
that have gone through the process, gone through the pattern. God said, this is you. This is the real you. Now, verse 15 really caps it here. He said to show all of this is to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Grab a hold of that. God said, I'm going to do this in you. You're going to be fat. You're going to be flourishing. You're going to thrive. You're going to increase so that I can show all of those who don't believe me that I am righteous. That my way is the right way. That you can trust in me. God said, if you allow me to use you, I will bless you so you will thrive and increase so, so that everybody else who said they can't trust me can look to you and see they can trust me. Does that make sense? God said, I'm going to use you. I'll do this through you to prove it to them. This is why they ask people to, um, you know, corporation would say, come on in and try my product. And they put your testimonials up on their websites and say, so-and-so said, this is good. So you're trying them, you're trying the product, you're driving the car, you're doing, doing whatever, and people see that you're happy, and it lets those people that are still, they're still concerned, maybe that's not a good thing. When they look at you, they, uh, your testimony validates the product. Are you hearing? Would you allow God to validate his word? In the eyes of those who don't believe. Listen to the Amplified Bible. Psalm 92 verse 15 out of the Amplified Bible. Bible it says, they are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So listen, all of this is to say this. God wants to send you tidal waves of blessings. He wants you to thrive and increase and get more and more and more and more. When you do it his way, you will prove to those who don't believe that God is righteous, that God is right. That he is right, that he is faithful, that he is dependable, that he is trustworthy. But when we as believers or we are those who say we know Jesus, when we live a half-hearted life and people look to you and say, you with Jesus? Oh, yes, I'm with Jesus. I'm a born again believer. Yes, I am, brother. Woo-hoo. I'm not going to take no mark of the beast. No, no, no. I love Jesus so much. But we have not grown through his courts. We're living an outer court experience, just coming and getting the fellowship, not interested in the sacrifice, not interested in getting washed, not interested in getting the word of God, not interested in offering up prayers before the Lord, unless it's something that we really need at the moment. Not interested in getting to the presence, into the presence of God, not interested. And so we're our life is not showing that. Can we, are you, are you there with me? Let me issue you this challenge. Let me issue you this challenge. There are about five things. Now listen, your life is and is becoming a living testimony that life planted with God in his presence in the house of the Lord is far better than living outside. Your marriages should be testimonies to that. 
Your children should be testimonies to that. When you work at work, your work performance should be testimonies to that. To all those that are around you, your life should testify that God is good. Even when you go through trials and struggles, God can still work with that because of what you do. You continue to keep your hand in the hand of God and they see you go through. And even in your weakness, it still testifies that God is able. I saw the supervisor cuss you out. Girl, I wouldn't let her talk to me like that. I saw them cuss you out. They had their finger all in your face and you kept saying, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I bless you. I wouldn't have said that, girl. I would have mm, broke out my knife and mm, I would cut you, cut you, cut you. I lay my legion down and I cut you some up. I wouldn't let them talk to me like that, girl. They put their finger all in your face. I saw this drops of spittle on your face, too. They were that close in your face. I wouldn't let them spit on me. But instead, you remember, during that hard time when you want to go off on them, you remember what Jesus said. Turn the other cheek. Bless those who curse you. Pray for them. That despitefully use you. If you're suffering for being a Christian, happy are you? Happy are you? So even in your weakness, they see you being torn down, but you endure it in the presence of the Lord. That ministers to them. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. The fact that you didn't break out your knife ministers to them. Hallelujah. Let me issue you these challenges. Number one, realize that your way is not what? Realize that your way is not working for you. Stop beating the dead horse. Is your, if your way is working for you, keep on going. If it's not working for you, stop beating the dead horse. Two, confess your backslidings, repent, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get you there. Diana, I really am. I'm trying to get you there. Number three, make a decision to serve him how? Fully lay down your right to be right and submit to his will. Surrender. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to obey you. I got all this. I got all that. If I do this and not do that, listen, we're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised next week. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is soon to come at any moment. And I don't want to stand before him with a bunch of excuses. Number four, what? Be prepared to change your habits, your associations, and your thoughts. If these things were good, then you would have more good in your life. But there are some folk that are not good for you. And some things that you've been thinking, you know are bad. 
Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Number five, meditate in the word of God. Spend time in his presence and what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? And stop making excuses. If it is hard and is going to be hard, this is what you pray about. This is what you give to God. This is what you go before the Lord honestly and say, Lord, I really like doing this. And I really want to put this down. But I don't know if I have the strength in me to do it. Please help me. Help me not to want to do this anymore. Take this desire from my life. I would rather be found sleeping in a grave with that confession saying, Lord, help me to do it. Help me to lay it down. Then be found in the grave saying, I would have done it, but or I was going to do it. <laughs> or being a member of the club, I always say I, I never want to be a part of this club. The Amo Club. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Amo Club. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. No, no. If you say, I don't have the strength to put this down, then be found praying and interceding and asking God to deliver you from this thing. Be found in the posture of prayer for deliverance. Then a part of the club that simply makes excuses. That way, at least you're heading on the right road. You may not be going 80 miles an hour yet, but I'd rather go five miles an hour on the right road than 100 miles an hour on the wrong road. I I, I will, Dickness. Thank you. (laughs) Stop making excuses. Let me say that again. Stop making excuses. Fully commit to him. What's stopping you from fully committing to God, from fully committing to Christ? Is it a relationship? Is it some form of um, pharmaceutical something, legal or illegal, from CVS or from Bud on the corner? <laughs> Bubba, I'm sorry. Yes, Bubba, yeah. <laughs> What is stopping us from fully committing to God? Ask your neighbor, what is stopping you from fully committing to God? Stop beating the dead horse. It's not working. This is your life has not been working. That's fully commit to him. He is your answer. In your hand, you hold the key. You already hold the key. We pray, God, get me out. God, get me out. He look at you. You write the key in your hand. God, get me out. This I'm tired. Of this I'm tired. Jesus, <laughs> why are you crying? Why are you crying? Just use the key. Just use the key. Use the key. You got the key to get out. Hallelujah. We better stop right there, Deaconess. Let's give God a hand of praise today. We're, we're done in Jesus' my name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Don't stop now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Now it's time for us to come together as a family and pray. As a family and pray. And ask the Lord, first of all, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're already behind the eight ball, as they say. We got to get born again first. Then after we are born of God, then we got to get all this other stuff out of us. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.